Hey, this is Max, and welcome to the Ronin System Podcast. So this episode is is partly inspired by uh, some of the some of the episodes from Joe Rogan's podcast, the Joe Rogan Experience. Um, you know, normally I don't really watch other podcasts or listen to other podcasts. I mean, but sometimes you know I'll be just doing something like on Instagram or YouTube, and one of the videos will pop up as like a recommendation or whatever, and you know I just click on it, and there are little clips and. You know, just just to give a little bit of a, a background to these particular ones, I am a big, big fan of two particular fighters right now. I'm a huge fan of Yoel Romero. He is a Cuban fighter. Uh, he used to wrestle for Cuba as well. I believe he was a silver medalist in the Olympics for wrestling. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's a middleweight. He's pound for pound, for pound one of the best fighters right now. You know, I mean, he's incredible it just look him up he's he's insanely good for how old he is i believe he's like 41 42 and he's still fighting at at the very top of the middleweight division which is very very dangerous division you know everyone is dangerous everyone is good in in the ufc but middleweight in particular is very very stacked right now there's a lot of good guys and he's at the top of that so or he's he's close to the top of that and it's it's one of those things where it's just like he's like a freaking nature. But for him, you know, he he was raised on wrestling. He was raised on the idea ideologies of wrestling. He was raised to to fight. That's basically how how his life went, you know, for for the majority of his life for and obviously continuing now, but he's fighting for different reasons, but still he was raised to survive. And we'll talk about that in a minute, but the other fighter is Khabib Nurmagomedov. I don't even know how to say his last name, but you know Khabib, he's pound for pound also one of the greatest. But in the lightweight division, and again, like the middleweight division, the lightweight division is just stacked from the top fifteen and up. All these guys are killers. All these guys are really good, and he's at the very top of that. And there's no one denying him that he is he's the best at, at lightweight right now. And like Yoel, he was raised on wrestling. You know, like Yoel, he was raised in an environment where wrestling helped you survive. And it's two very similar stories, but with very different plot points, I guess you could say. So I guess the first one I'll talk about is Yoel, just because I brought him up first. But Yoel was raised in Cuba, obviously. And in the Joe Rogan podcast that he was actually on in the episode... He was talking about how he was raised. So he was saying that in Cuba, essentially everyone does a sport. Everyone is goes to school, obviously. And at the schools, they get chosen to do specific sports based on you know their potential, based on how well they, they actually perform at, at a young age. I believe he was like about six, six or seven, something like that, when he was chosen to do wrestling. And originally he wanted to do boxing. He wanted to box. In the Olympics, but um, I believe it was his father who was a boxer said that it was too violent, it was too dangerous, that he should just do wrestling. Wrestling would be easier on his, easier on his, you know, his body, easier on his head because he wouldn't be taking all that, <clears throat> all that physical trauma to the head. But you know that passion for boxing, I believe, stayed with him. And regardless of that, he went to the wrestling program, and he was saying that you know you. You get sent into this place called the pyramid. I believe that's what he called it. And in the pyramid, you you survive. 
that's all you do. You survive. So he's saying there's there's this team there, you know, this 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 camp full of young boys just like him that their only goal was to get better. Their only goal was to get better at wrestling so that they could get the better stuff. The way it worked was everyone starts at the bottom, but there's clearly a number one, number two, right? There's the top guys, there's the bottom guys. The bottom guys get the scraps. That's how it worked. You know, it, it was very wolf pack mentality. The alphas get what they deserve, whereas the omegas, the the ones at the bottom, the runs of the litter, they have to fight for scraps. And, you know, growing up in Cuba, he was saying that everyone is poor, everyone's in poverty, so everyone's already fighting for scraps. And no one wants to go back to that. No one wants to be the guy that says, you know, I'm, I'm okay eating just, you know, grains every day. I'm okay not having meat in my diet. I'm okay just drinking the this dirty water. I'm okay with that. I'm okay sleeping on this, this straw cot, you know. It's not that bad. I don't think it's that bad. But it that's just how he made it sound. And that's just the picture that I'm trying to paint here. That everyone, while they start at the bottom, they want to get to the top. And that's all they care about. He was saying that during his time at the Pyramid, during his time at the Cuban wrestling camps, you know, competing for 15 years, 15, 20 years, he would be the guy that just cared only about surviving. And he wouldn't wouldn't be the only one. You know, the, the only reason that, let's say he, let's say I'm number three and I want to be number two. All I care about is getting what number two has. All I care about is getting a better bed, you know, getting better food, getting better nutrition, getting better everything. Getting better everything. That's all I care about. And that's the only reason I want to beat number two. It's There's no winning culture there. There's no glory culture there. There's no ideas of be, saying, you know, I, I want to have all the gold medals. I want to have, I want to be a world champion. You know, maybe there's a little bit of that. But he was saying that mainly those guys, they come up and they, all they want is, is the better stuff. All they want to is to be on top so that they can survive. All they want is to to get a little bit better living conditions. That's it. And you know, he's he's a very humble guy for being such a such a monster, such a great fighter. And you know, his his story is amazing. You should watch the uh the podcast with Joe Rogan with Yoel. It's just it's it's a really good um podcast, especially for someone who doesn't you know, English isn't his native language. It's not his first language, so Clearly, he's got some work to do, but it's it's great because he gets to tell this story in such a unique way. And now for the other one, for Khabib, um, he hasn't been on Joe's podcast, but, I mean, Joe talks about him all the time. And the thing is, Khabib is, he's a Russian, and he's from this area known as Dagestan. Dagestan is, I believe, close to Georgia, close to Turkey, you know, those two uh, countries, pretty much like in, in between Russia and Europe. But in Dagestan, it's a it's a pretty war torn area from what I hear, and they're all devoutly Muslim. You know, it's it's an Islamic country or Islamic state, and wrestling is a lifestyle there. Wrestling is is it defines them. You know, they're not known for very very much, but they're known for wrestling. And when I say known, I mean other countries send their wrestlers there, fighters go there. Everyone who wants to get better at wrestling will want to go to Dagestan. 
Like, this is where champions are made. This is where the world champions are made, the Olympic champions are made. Like, these guys live and breathe wrestling. And it's a very different environment from Cuba. Because in Cuba, the the country itself is in poverty. Um, and the wrestlers fight out from poverty. But in Dagestan, and this is what I hear as well. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying all this in, as pure facts, but this is what I've heard. That in Dagestan, everyone's in poverty. And you stay in poverty. There's no getting out of it. But wrestling is the escape. Wrestling brings you to a different world where you're, in reality, you're physically in the same place. But mentally, emotionally, you're at new heights. Mentally and emotionally, you're, you're brought to a realm where you can succeed, where you can shine. You know, and there's there's multiple gyms, there's multiple schools, multiple camps in Dagestan where they don't really do much recruiting. They don't really go out there and say, you know, they, they pick kids from, from other places. You know, they don't do the Cuba thing where they go to schools and be like, that kid's pretty going to be good at wrestling, let's bring him in. No, they don't do that. The Dagestani kids just show up because... In reality, there's there's really only two paths for them. And the two paths are to get good at wrestling or to go out into the forest and get recruited by, you know, by, by terrorists, by insurgents. Like, that that was their options. And it sounds bizarre. It sounds unreal, but it is. That's their reality. Their, their reality is that you either fight for your life or you fight for your life. You know, you... you you wrestle or you die. It's 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 those two options, you know? And being a Muslim state, you know, being an Islamic state in, in Russia, there's a lot of it, there's a lot of hardship. There's a lot of issues. You know, and it's it's very war torn, like I said. And it's it's very poor area of Russia. It's high up in the mountains, you know, there's not much around. And uh, again, they they just have those two options. So you know, being kids, what what are you going to choose? You know, you could choose to follow your friends to achieve glory. You know, you could follow your friends to get famous, become great wrestlers, or you could do the opposite. You know, you're still achieving glory either way, but you could do one positively or you could do one negatively. And that those were their options. And the thing about it is that, you know, being Muslim, being given those two options, a lot of those guys, the, all they care about is... is their devotion to the sport, to to Islam, and the kids that stick out with it, the kids that the, that go to the wrestling camps, go to the wrestling gyms, they stick with it. They it it's just, it's a way of life. There's no other way to describe it. And it's in an environment where there's no there's no fighting for scrap. It's in an environment where there there is no number one, number two. You know, there's there's no if you're number three, you have to be number two kind of thing. It's it's not built into them. It's not bred into them. It's it's not drilled into their minds that they need to be constantly be the best. They need to constantly be on top of everything. It's a very sort of top-down approach, I think. Because no matter what, the ones that are better than you, the seniors in the gyms, in the schools, they lead by example. They lead with humility. They lead with, lead with dignity. And they raise the younger ones, the, the juniors, in the same environment, you know, it's, I believe, again, this is all told to me, um, by, by other people, but 
in Dagestan, in the gyms, the best wrestlers are the ones that help the younger wrestlers. They're the ones that clean the mats. They're the ones that take care of the, the children. They're the ones that, you know, that they're the ones that actively go out and choose what to eat. Like, you know, if, if there's meat on the table but not enough, they'll choose the bread first. You know, it's it's that kind of mentality. It's it's that kind of, you know, they, they know what they've been through. They know what the kids are going through or will go through. And so they understand. And they don't want them to go through that. That's that's the concept of of these gyms. That's that's where they're training gets intense because you know when you first walk into the gym when you first start training everyone's at the same level you know everyone's doing the same thing but in a way you're 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 pampered a little bit because you're you're given some equipment you're given some some good nutrition or as 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 good nutrition as you can get you know you're you're given good sleep you're given you're given all these things that it's purely the opposite of the cuban training camps in the cuban training camps you know you you pretty much like i said sleeping on straw cots kind of thing and it's it's a stark contrast because either way you're producing elite level athletes either way you're producing world champions you're producing these guys that are incredibly good at what they do and one way is to make them survive one way is to force them to fight in another, it's to show them that this this is a better path. It's to show them that if you do good at this, you'll you'll get out of here. If you do good at this, you're you're showing a devotion to yourself. You're showing devotion to to Allah, you know, to God, and you're you're coming out of a bad situation. Uh, just an extension of of what Yoel was saying on the in the podcast, he was saying that you know in in Cuba when you're you're on a team. You're in a, you're in a specific gym, and of course you're gonna wrestle other gyms. And the thing is, everyone gets randomly put into rooms, right? So you could be in a room with your friends, you could be in a room with your training partners, or you could be in a room with essentially the enemy, as he said. You know, you, you could be in the room with your opponent's friends, and they're actively finding, trying to find ways to sabotage you. They're actively trying to find ways to to you know they're. They're watching what you do, watching what you eat. They're watching how you train so that they can relay that information to their teammate. They can relay that information to your opponent. And it's a very cutthroat environment, you know. And there's no animosity to that. There's no, you know, there's 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 no one saying, like, this guy's my rival. I need to destroy him. You know, it's just if I beat this guy, I get the better stuff. It's the same mentality, just just in a different way. And you want to be united with your teammates. You want to be united with your training partners because they're the ones helping you improve. It's 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 very strange because in the gym itself, in your in your gym, your personal gym, you want to be number one. You're trying to beat all your training partners. But when you interact with other gyms, you want your team to be number one. You want your, you want to destroy, or not really destroy, but you want to beat the other gyms. You want to beat the other teams, and it's it's again, it's it's just all based on survival. It's all based on that same mentality. But then when you contrast it with Dagestan, everyone's united on the same front that wrestling is is where it's at. 
wrestling is how we all get better. And so there's no sort of secret messages. There's no spies. There's there's none of this sort of uh, sabotaging, backstabbing, all that stuff. There's none of that because everyone just wants to get better and they're going to get better because they're going to push themselves to the limit. They're going to want to achieve the glory. And again, same contrast. In Cuba, it's about survival. But in Dagestan, it's about that glory. It's about achieving a name for yourself in the sport. It's about winning those medals. It's about becoming world champion. It's about going to the Olympics. And in Khabib's fa- uh, <clears throat> and in Khabib's case, as well as his brothers and cousins, it's about becoming, you know, MMA fighters, elite level MMA fighters, world champion MMA fighters. And you know, it's 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 very clear, because Yoel has gone gone on to say that he doesn't like the trash talk. He doesn't like, you know, all the drama involved with MMA. He just likes MMA. He loves MMA. He loves to fight. But he doesn't like that drama. That's why, you know, he's a very respectful guy from what I've seen. He's a very humble guy. You know, he's he's very refined. He's very super friendly. You know, even with his opponents, he's a very nice guy. And the only reason that... And then, you know, you look at Khabib, he's the same thing. He's a very humble guy. He's very dignified. He's very respectful of his opponents. In every fight that you've seen besides his most recent, he actively goes out and shakes all of his, his opponents, you know, coaches the uh, opponent's team. He shakes all their hands. He's very respectful to them. He bows to them sometimes. You know, he's he's just a respectable guy. And he doesn't trash talk. He just says what he's going to do, and he does it. And the reason I bring up his most recent fight with Connor is because that one was a huge change. That one really showed, if you really looked at it, it really showed just how much these guys care about honor and respect. It really shows just how much that these guys, they don't need the trash talk. Because what they do is they prove it in the ring. They prove it on the mats. They prove it in the cage. They don't need all this drama. They don't need to make money. They don't care about that. They just want to achieve greatness. And, you know, Conor McGregor, I've talked about this before, but Conor McGregor is a huge trash talker. That's his entire game. He's, He's all about that mental warfare. He's all about getting into his opponent's heads and fucking them up that way, you know, fucking them up mentally, emotionally, before, you know, trying to fuck them up physically. But the thing is, that doesn't work when someone's raised on a culture where it's it's non-existent where someone's raised on a culture where if you do that you die if you do that you you've basically written yourself into your own grave you know you you've you've prepared your own eulogy and it shows because it didn't affect Khabib the way that Connor wanted it to it affected him completely the opposite direction it made him stronger it made him better. It made him more willing to to go out there and prove that he's better in every way. It made him more willing to go out there and instill his will. And the thing is, you know, in Dagestan, when Khabib returned, he was admonished. You know, he he was he was punished because he did something outside of their culture. He did something. That, that was 
disrespectful in his culture. He he attacked someone, you know. He he made a fool of himself. He, you know, it's it's just a dishonorable thing that he did, and he was punished for it. It didn't matter that he was world champion. It didn't matter that, you know, he won another fight. It didn't matter that he brought you know brought glory to Dagestan. It it mattered that he sort of he he broke their traditions. That's that's it. That's all it was. But it it really just goes back to their mentality on wrestling, their mentality on on fighting by extension. You know they're 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 doing this to to essentially stop themselves from from fighting. It's, it's really strange to think about, but wrestling is a way for them to make peace. Wrestling is a way for them to essentially stop them from going out there and fighting wars, going out there and and, and making a fool of themselves in public with these. You know these these non-sanctioned brawls. I guess you could say. You know it's 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 such an interesting culture. It's it's such a strange dynamic because they essentially they're using a controlled they're using a controlled and and defined version of violence to prevent them from acts of violence. It's it's so strange to say even, but that's what they're doing. You know they're. They're all fighters. They're all they're all like as like I was saying before, everyone's a fighter. But these guys actually physically do combat with each other. It's a combat sport. And they're doing it to avoid having to go out there and fight fight a war that they don't want to fight. You know, and the same goes for the for the Cubans, according to Yoel, that these guys that the only reason that they, they wrestle like this, the only reason that they stand this is because there's no other option. You know, there's there's no other way. And they and they do it to survive. They do it to to keep living, and the reason that I I sort of bring this up is because I I find it really interesting that the Cuban method is is very very reminiscent, very obvious of how essentially it works here in the U.S. How it works for us, you know. Uh, when I wrestled in high school, it was very similar. That the better guys got better treatment. That's just how it was, you know. That that's just how it went. Like. You know, there, we would be producing regional champs, state champs, and you know, elite level guys, and they would be getting the better training. They would be getting, you know, the more respect. They would be getting, you know, more benefits. Whereas the bottom guys, it it just made sense because these state level guys, these regional guys, they need to go to those tournaments. They need to get ready for those tournaments, and they're the ones actually going to those tournaments. They're the ones actually going to those competitions. So why would the JV guys, why would the bottom guys, the, the the new guys, why would they get the attention when they're not even going to those events? It just made sense. But I knew for me, you know, I'm I'm not bad at wrestling. I'm not great either. And I didn't like that. You know, I, I didn't like the culture that it was, that you just constantly had to be better. You constantly had to think about the gold. You constantly had to think about you know, like, oh, I need to go to those tournaments. I need to be in those tournaments. You know, there, I, I didn't like that. I didn't like that kind of pressure. But then, you know, you, you never really get to see the opposite of that. Because in jiu-jitsu, it's very much the same. In jiu-jitsu, the better guys got the better treatment. In jiu-jitsu, you know, there's the there's a there's even a ranking system, right? You have white belts, blue belts, purple, brown, black. You have different belt colors that provided seniority. You know, in my 
nine-ish, eight, eight, nine years of doing jiu-jitsu. I've only ever seen black belts and brown belts clean the mats and do all this this sort of bitch work, you know, clean the mats, clean the toilets, you know, do all this stuff. I've only ever seen them do it when literally no one else was around to do it. When literally no one else was in the gym, no one, no other ranks were, were there to perform these acts. Typically, those act, those things are dropped on the the white belts. They're dropped on the kids. They're dropped on the, like the the ones that need to work their way up. And you know, there's a huge thing. There's there's stigmas involved with with training where you can't ask higher belts, you can't ask higher rank people to do anything, right? You can't ask them to be like oh, hey, um, you want to you wanna roll? You want to spar? You can't do that. That's that's faux pas. You, know, you, can't, you just can't do it. And I think it's stupid. You know, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I'm a brown belt. I don't care if whites or blues come up to me and say, hey, you want to train? Hell yeah, I'll train. That's why I'm here, right? That's, that's, why, I'm, that's why I'm fucking here. And to, to hear when higher belts complain about that, to hear higher belts sort of, you know, dress down a, a lower belt for even asking that, for even suggesting that, it's it just blows my mind. It's it's stupid. It's this culture where you feel like just because you've achieved something, just because you've gotten to a rank, that you can stop working. You you can you can start stepping on people. It doesn't make sense, and that's why I like this Dagestani culture. That's why I like it where. There's the, even when they spar, sometimes the elite guys, sometimes the seniors are told that at the very most, at the very best, when you roll with the, when you train with the younger guys, when you train with the lesser guys, essentially, your goal is to make it a tie. Your goal is to make the score zero zero. That's your goal. Your goal is to make sure no one scores, and that makes the younger guy work harder. That makes the younger guy want to train harder because he's 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 trying to score. He's trying to get points, right? He's trying to get points on the board against a senior guy. The senior guy is doing his best to stay humble, let the younger guy work, and to make sure that he's not bashing the younger guy, which he clearly could. You know, nine times out of ten, they can. And the reason they, they're doing that, they're avoiding getting like you know scoring on the guy you know getting their takedowns getting their points is because they want to make sure that those younger guys stick around they want to make sure that those younger guys and this this is according to to what I was told they want to make sure that those younger guys know that hey look your goal is to score not to prevent me from scoring your goal is to work on scoring your goal is to work on getting points your goal is to work on being aggressive right being the initiator because a lot of times especially in the in the methods of like cuba or or any, anywhere else a lot of times you you're you're forced to defend you're forced in a in a environment where all you're thinking about is is defense and you know even in jiu jitsu i i tell lower belts all the time i tell new guys all the time that don't worry about anything else besides defending because there's no roles where you're told that, hey, this you're going to roll with this senior guy. You're going to roll with this brown belt, this black belt, whatever, this purple belt, and they're going to go 
pretty much zero. They're going to be in the defensive. You have to score on them. There's there's none of that. You, When you're told to roll with a brown or black belt or whatever, the only thing you're told in jiu-jitsu is that survive. You know, do your best. That's it. That's all you're told. And, you know, I, I, I like the I like the Russian method better because I, I like the Dagestani method better because, you know, these guys, they're given an opportunity to be aggressive. They're given an opportunity to be the initiator. And that transcends into their their seniority. It, it, it goes with them as they grow, old, grow older in the sport, as they get better in the sport. That they're constantly thinking about pushing the pushing the boundaries, right? They're constantly thinking about, you know, forcing, essentially forcing themselves into the match. And then the senior guys, when they get to the point where they're told to go with the, the juniors, they're given an opportunity to remain humble, essentially. They're given an opportunity to realize that, look, I can beat you, but I won't. You know, I, I can beat you, but... I want to let you work. I want to help you get better. And you know this this sort of dichotomy between these two philosophies, it's very very interesting to look at. Very interesting to look at to say the least. Because you know, we're raised on one and we very very rarely ever get the opportunity to see the other. We very rarely get to see the opportunity like we very rarely get the opportunity to see how the Dagestani do it. Because I think that one's better. I think that one provides a more nurturing culture. You know, I, I understand that, you know, both essentially are built on respect. Both are built on, you know, you're respecting the seniors on one side, but then you're also respecting the juniors on the other. And I feel like, like all things, it should be a blend. Like all things, it should be a mixture of both. And... I bring it up now because, you know, I think we could all learn from from both sides. You know, it's 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 a fight to survive. Yes, you know, a, a lot of people are, are in these situations where they just have to survive. And in one direction, you could look to your your elders, you could look to your seniors, not for support, but for sort of guidance in in how to do things, right? You could see them and be like, I want what they have. You could see them and be like, I want to be where they are. I want to I want to do what they do. I want to not do what they don't do kind of thing. But then on the other, you look to them for guidance. You look to them for, for leadership. You look to them for support. And it's it's two sides of the same coin situation where really it, you want to bring those two together. You want to make it so that you, you, you can have both. You can look to your, your elders, your seniors for guidance because you want what they have, right? And the seniors can sort of, you know, they can walk around with their head held up high. They can walk around with this sort of air to them because they've done, they've done things that people are inspired by. They've done, they've made achievements. They've, they've gotten to a point where they can look back and say, I'm never going back there. They can look back and say, you know, I'm I'm never going to drop down to that that low ever again. And also on top of that, they can look to others and be like, I was there, let me help you out. You know, I, I was where you are. Let me let me build you up so you can get out as well. You know, it's 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 sort of a chain reaction kind of thing. And essentially that's that's just what I'm trying to say here. 
you know, I, I want to have those two sort of philosophies, those two mentalities be brought to life. And it's very difficult to do because there's, they're, they're pretty different. They're, they contrast. And it's very hard to force aspects of the of one side to the other because they're just they're just that different you know they they want to achieve the same things they want to they have the same goals they have the same sort of drive the same sort of motor motivation but it's done in two different ways and i want to you know essentially bring it to light that you can use both that you know if if you do one way you don't even realize it maybe you should Take a look at the other side. Maybe you should try and experience the other side. Because both work. You know, I, I used wrestling as a, an example just because wrestling, like I've said before, is, is has been a huge definer of, of how I've grown. You know, it's been a huge definer of how I've evolved as a person, how I've developed as an individual. And just hearing these two sides, I feel like, you know, we had a very toned-down version of the Cuban method and I hated it. And then now I get to see this Dagestani method. And I like it a lot better. I, I would have appreciated that much, much more if, if I could have been raised on that. You know, if I could have wrestled with that. And so this, this sort of transcends in everything else. You know, wrestling is one of those things where I say that essentially everyone should Everyone should understand the the principles of wrestling because it it teaches discipline, it teaches humility, it teaches aggressiveness. You know, it, it teaches pursuing your dreams, your passions, being motivated to be be aggressive in those fields, being aggressive in your your career. You know, in in everything you do, and to hear these two sides of how you can approach that aggression, how you can approach that sort of drive, that that mentality. You know, it's, it's, this transcends in everything that you do, you know, like I said, in your career, in your, in your life, you can look at these two and say that, you know, you, you could build up a culture around it, like the Dagestani have, where it's, it's all based on respect, it's all based on honor and humility, and it's all based on helping, once you've achieved a certain level, helping the ones below you get up to that level as well, because you're building each other up, whereas on the other side, you're you're surviving you're you're don't want to go back to where you were you don't want to fall down from where you were you know and these these two sides again it's it's there's benefits to both but there's also you know there's there's cons to both as well there's pros and cons and you know i i try and and you know i'm i'm trying to bring that to light i'm trying to essentially say that there are options to both because we're not in a situation where we have to choose. We're not in a situation where it's this or die. You know, we're not in a situation where, you know, if you don't fight for your life in a certain way or any way, then you're going to fight for your life in a bad way kind of thing. You know, we're not in that situation. We're in a country where we have choices. We're in a country where we have options. And those those options are getting slimmer and slimmer every day. But you know that's 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 a talk for another time. But you know we still have those options. We still have choices. And I just wanted to bring to light some some of the things that have developed from countries where they didn't. Some of the the methods, the philosophies, the mentalities that they have from countries where 
again, you you don't really have much options. It's it's one or two options. But yeah, that's that's my spiel for today. Um, if you guys like that and you guys want to hear more, uh, I try and post every Monday. Um, and on top of that, you know, if you guys are regular listeners, thank you so much for the constant listens, the constant views, the constant downloads. It's been awesome. Um, you know, I do have a Patreon. I I failed to mention it like ninety percent of the time, ninety nine percent of the time, just because it it doesn't really cross my mind. But you know, if you guys want to support me directly, that's that's a good way to do it. I actually haven't even looked at my Patreon in in probably months, but you know, it wouldn't help, it wouldn't hurt if you guys um you know looked at it yourselves and maybe through some support, it, it'd be great. But uh, regardless, you know, you don't have to. I really do try and get as many people on this podcast as I can with the time that I'm given. But you know, it's 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 still something I like to do and. When I do these podcasts alone, when I do these episodes alone, I feel like I need a lot to talk about. You know, I feel like I, I need to sort of make it not dull. Um, so if you guys have any topics or anything that you want me to talk about, or if you wanted to be on the podcast as well, just let me know because I'm I'm, I'm down for anything. I'm, I'm open to it. Um, you know, as long as you have a story to tell, as long as you have something interesting to talk about, I'm, I'm totally down for it. But again, thank you guys so much for listening. Have an amazing day. Get out there, get hungry, and good luck.